Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's going to be a super important video, this one, when setting up your Supercoach team uh, in an overall standpoint or a head-to-head there. We're going to be going through the overall winning strategy first and then going through the head-to-head. And a bunch of it will transfer over. And then I'm replacing a few of the points in this first one with a bunch of extra points for the head-to-head section. So when you're kicking things off in your squad, what you need to look at is the trades to kick things off. So there's 46 there with five boosts available. So that doesn't give you any extra trades. It just gives you that one extra uh, based on whatever the trades allowed is for that week. So for the majority of weeks, it is two. And then the major buy rounds, you get three. So you would be able to use that extra one in that first, uh, you know, in, in any of those weeks that you'd like there. It equates to 1.76 trades per week there, given you have 26 weeks that you can trade, which is uh, which is cool. It's a decent amount of trades. And uh, yeah, what we want to be doing early is actually to use those trades quickly, but it's really only to fix mistakes and capitalize on any of those early season cash cows that uh, you know, are going to set your team up well for a cash generation standpoint but also to get you plenty of good points uh, in your sort of you know, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th playing player with those decent cash cows that are making obviously making decent points for your overall uh, team and then also the cash generation that you get from them. That also includes the value guys, which are going to make up the bulk of that mid part of your best 17. And then obviously your your top guns in there aren't really in there to to gain you any sort of cash there. They're there to be there for a long time and get you good points, and hopefully you're not trading them out too much a, across that first, really that first sort of thirteen rounds, and and then you can kind of play play around with things come the buy period when there's a lot of teams on a buy there in round thirteen and beyond. So round three really looks like a decent week to use a boost if you did miss out on any of those cows as well. So with the yeah first first week there of price changes in round three, well after round three there that's when you want to be looking at making sure you capitalize on those guys that might be going up sort of 80 to 100K in this first section of, of the year. Number two there, you want to look at the best 13 of the 17 scorers in round 13, 16, and 19. So 
last year this was the first time that we had this type of, of schedule and this type of scoring in those weeks. And then now we have some data on it. And it was fairly simple, in my opinion, to get 13 out of your 25 available players on the park during that week if you were thinking ahead just a little bit. Because you only needed to sort of change probably five or six players there heading into round 13. Usually if you just didn't even think about it and just went about your business, you'd have about seven guys available in sort of round nine, 10 there, getting yourself um, you're closer to that round 13. And unless sort of injuries and the like came up or in those next few weeks, you traded out a few buy friendly players, you were sitting in that in that easily position there, seven, eight, nine, pretty comfortably. So if you're thinking ahead, it's fairly easy to get 13 on the park. What I want to talk about here was just sort of going above this mark here of 13, which I did a couple of times last year. I believe in round 13, I had 15 players. Uh, I think one of the other game, one of the other times I had 16. And really, it only gives you a sort of a small benefit there. So you have 13 playing in that week. In every other week, you have 17 playing in you know, as, as your scorers and to make up your total uh, allotment of points for that week. So really, it's only a small benefit being able to take a 50 over a 25, you know, from that, the 13th scorer compared to your 14th or 15th scorer from a bench guy, for example. And where I saw the flaw with having the 14 to 15 was in the following round, where not overloading on these major buy round guys, when I'm talking like around 13 um, only, they might have a buy in round 14, for example, for that guy, or, or they have their available 13, 14, which is much better. You obviously get that good score for both, which could be cool. But you know, if you're targeting those guys to cover those big buyers, I don't think they're the hardest to to target to cover. In in my opinion, in round 14, when you have 17 men on the park, I think it's going to be much more important, and it's uh you know less important to overload on the 13 guys, and a little bit more important to focus on making sure you have that good 17 in those the, the round following that big buy. So, meaning. You want you could have and want to have an incredible 17 on the park in round 14, 17, and 20. So if you do the math here, getting a score of 1,200 and beating other teams by 100 with them getting 1,100 there in round 14 whilst keeping your team a little bit more intact with some more final team guys, etc. Because if you're looking to make sure you get a lot of good guys for 13, you're usually making a few extra trades and they might be guys that you don't exactly want in your final team or yeah, they could be bit of a poorer player for round 16 by which could be helpful for you or, or 17 and and the like from there and obviously the two rounds uh the round in between in round 15 would be very important to have a certain type of player and if you vote overloaded on 13 it could hurt you there as well compared to if you were to score 850 in round 13 there and beat your opponents by 50 points get you know having them score 800 i just think this is a really really important thing to to focus on given it's you know have that you have 25 players to choose from to get 13 on the park. It's not super difficult. Yes, you might beat out other other um, coaches that have you know the 15 players, but I think you're going to beat them out in the longer run in that those minor bye weeks where 17 on the park is going to be a bigger winner for you. And then some of those guys that overload in, in round 13 probably don't have that stronger side in that next one. Number three on the list, so the hook position, the hooker position that is, the halfback, the 5'8", and also the fullback, the two player positions there. What you need to focus on there, if your gun starter has a buy in sort of the next three or four rounds, whether it's at any you know, at any point of the season, whether it's in round one, like a you know, Harry Grant or Jeremy Marshall King in the hooking position, um, it could be in round seven when you know, they have a buy coming up in the next three or four. Try not to have or trade in a mid-price slash cheapy somewhere around that three to 400k mark that isn't scoring 
super well, they're likely to score sort of 20 plus points less. And if you're doing that a bunch of times over the season, or you that, your, that player has a buy and that guy covers and, and scores you sort of a 30 or, 30 or 40 compared to a, you know, a 60 or 70 that you could have got from your starter. If you're doing that regularly, it, it may not seem like much, but you do this seven times over the season and there's anywhere from like 140 to 200 points easily that you're missing out on. So definitely try to think ahead. And in those positions, make sure that you've either got someone that has a really long period without a buy so that you don't have to tap into that secondary scorer. Or if you know that in the next three or four weeks that that player has a buy, that you are looking to trade in someone or you have plans or you did have plans you know, before this anyway of, of kind of building up enough funds that you could buy a secondary gun in that position. So let's just say it is the 5-8 the position. It's, it's the one that you know, has guys that could potentially move into gun status. And if that was the case, you could trade out your KO weeks or something like that in that time so that you can cover Dylan Brown's, you know, big point scoring. You can have someone that's a pretty decent point scorer in that 5'8 position when he has that buy. So that's just a very simple example to go off the, go off there. If you went a Blake Braley in the hooking position, then, you know, by round five there when Hines has his buy, you have someone that can come in and score just as well or close to it. So you're not giving up that many points there. The vice captaincy loophole, it is such an important part of the game, guys. In most rounds, you will have someone on the buy. So this is you know, very, very helpful for you to be able to even have an opportunity to use the vice-captain loophole. So making sure you at least put your VC on a high upside player playing early. They could be a guy that isn't you know, consistently in that 60 to 80 range, but they could be like a, a 40 guy or they could be a 100 and something guy. And, and that's exactly what you want in a VC because if they, if they do score the 120, then you're very, very likely to be taking that. And I'll explain why in a second. Yeah, big super code rounds come off the back of big captaincy scores. And if you're getting 100 plus in that and locking that in, that is super important for you to do well on a weekly basis. You do see the, the, the top uh, super code plays each and every year. They have really, really good vice captain loops. They have great captaincy choices as well. And, and just getting a second crack at it is very, very important. So just remember that your captain can have bad games. They can get injured. They can get sin bin. There's a lot can happen for them. So 100 plus VC scores, absolute gold, and are a safe lock in your team, even if you have to take a 20 to 30 auto emergency. And we saw games last year where you know Nico Hines scored like a 95, or you had like a Cody Walker scored a 95. I know personally I did. I had Cody Walker with that 95 in that game, and then had Cleary as my captain. I didn't take the 95, and I do think I, I would have ended up with. You know, maybe like 20 points less from my auto emergency compared to my 17th best player. And you know, Cleary comes out and get, and does his hamstring. So these kind of things can happen. I had a, a captaincy week where Tom Trevojevic got a, a 40 or 30 odd, I believe, earlier on in the season where I, I, if I looked at getting a good vice captaincy, I could have avoided that Tom Trevojevic low score. Yes, these guys can go nuts and sometimes you can miss out, but the safety of having that VC score locked in is, is awesome. Number five there, where is the potential big value is something you need to ask yourself. So I've got a bit of a list here. The hooking position, potentially there's one to two options with sort of 10 to 20 points upside. You're looking at the, uh, you know, the Braley's and you know, the hands and, the, and these types of players or whoever gets that eel spot. Um, yeah, a smaller amount of value in the, in the top guys like a Jeremy Marshall King. From my forward, you've only really got a few up to about that 15 points value max. There's no one that clearly stands out as a, a top tier guy that could uh, or even a value guy that could move into gun status at this point i don't think 
in the two RF, there's likely to be five plus options with sort of 15 plus points of upside for sure. Um, we know a lot of those mid-range guys that we're, we're looking at. And, and what I'm getting at here is, is where the, is the potential big value is to where to slot these types of guys in those positions and then likely to go for some guns um, in the other positions there. So if value is in the 2RF, I'm going to be going for value in the 2RF, not spending up in that position. Halfback, probably one to two with some small value. So again, could be worth having a double gun strategy. Five-eighth, only a few up to sort of that 15 points value max. So yeah, not too much there. Maybe one cheaper or a value guy with a gun. Center wing, I've got two to three options with potentially 15 plus upside. The Taylor Mays, these types of guys, and we'll see who pops up uh, in, in the meantime. The fullback position, probably one option with 15 plus value, and that's, you know, Jaden Kent. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'd say in that fullback slot slash 5-8 slot, you can, uh, you can look out there. The next question you need to ask yourself is where is the high upside scoring? So the chance of hundreds. And I've listed a, a bunch of the guys here that I think could go well. Um, in Grant up top, he has that upside, obviously, and it's likely to be a cheap slash gun mix, so one of each. In the front row forward, Haas, Tino, and AFB both have that upside for sure. So I'm looking to go cheaper with sort of three out of the four and potentially go up a little bit higher in, in a higher um higher value type of play to a gun in the 2RF position for feeder has the high upside clearly so I'm going value in 2RF there's only one option for feeder with a buy in round two halfback you've got Hines, Cleary, Johnson, DCE, Hughes and Moses so plenty of options there six of them that could uh, could do really well and have that really high upside so I think you go hard in the halfback position given there wasn't too much value there 5'8", you got Brown and Munster, likely with the highest upside, so probably a cheap and a gun mix there. In the center wing, there's plenty. You've got sort of, what, eight or nine guys there. Mazu, Osako, Gagai, Holmes, Gary, To'o, DWZ, Graham, and Tongo, I think have that clear high upside of, of 100 plus there. So likely to go for a mix of a gun and a, a sort of a value cheapy kind of you know, stature there, given you've got lots of positions in the center wing, but it's definitely a high upside position. Fullback. Ponga, Drinkwater, Trebovich, Walsh, Gutho, Mitchell, Tedesco, and Pap. So I think in the fullback position, you look to go pretty hard with those guys that have the super high upside that could do really well in your side there. So that's just something to look at. Both of those positions, where's the value in the cheapies and where's the high upside scoring and mix enough of both in your team should help you do really, really well. Uh, the last one there, so start setting up Four buys from about round seven. And what I want what I want you to try and look at there is, is looking to have sort of a core 12 that's going to take you through the uh, the majority of the buy period there before you set yourself up for the your final team into the, the final sort of six or seven rounds there for your head-to-heads or your overall, depending on where you're at, at that stage of the season. But what you're looking at here is, is sort of the majority of these guys are looking to be 
final season keepers or close to it. There might be three of them. You're like, okay, they're just for the buy period only. They have a really good stretch of games um, and, and, they, and you could reuse them there. But the other guys, you're hoping to keep them in your team for the entirety. And therefore you have a few less trades that you have to use in the back end to get to that gun 17. And obviously if you've used a, a, a fair chunk of, of trades throughout the, the beginning to middle of the season and through that buy period, that's something you need at the back end and you want to hope for especially with round 27, knowing how many of these guys have uh, a rest that we need a few trades up our sleeve or uh, a really, really deep squad. So these are guys, um, as I said, they're scoring well in each of your um, each of your weeks there. Obviously, they might have a buy in one of them, but then yeah, they might be really, really helpful and get you a massive score in the next three, right? So that's something to look at, that uh, you're having pairings with guys that uh, are good for you know maybe thir round 13 and 19, and then you have guys in your team that are really good for sort of round 14, 16, 17, something like that to, to pair them, which is really cool, and you, and you can wait, uh, waste less trades, that's for sure. So when if you have a buy in one week, as I said, you don't have to trade them out, um, but ensure they're a big scorer or helper in the next few rounds. It's about the collection of points over the entire eight-round period, not the scores in those individual rounds, in my opinion there. This strategy saves trades for you and ensures you aren't sitting with sort of three to five cheapy level scores in all of those rounds each and every week because that's an absolute shocker if you get to that point and that's where you're at there, unfortunately. Okay, that's the overall strategy, guys. There could be potentially some more stuff in there. If I forgot anything, please let me know in the comments if you think I should add anything um, and we'll obviously go through that and, and speak about that in our content from here on in. For the head-to-head -head winning strategy, so... Everything above is going to be used for the head-to-head -head strategy, except for the buy prep and the strategy chat there in points two and seven. And we're gonna replace those two with the high team value is everything. So really your team simply cannot compete if by finals time you have an extra, um, sorry, teams cannot, other teams cannot simply compete if you have an extra 600K uh, team value on your opponent. That's the difference really between having sort of three 55 to 60 point scorers that are like good, but not exquisite. And then three 75 point scorers who usually have a little bit more upside in certain head to head matchups could go a hundred plus and then have that floor somewhere around the 50, which is going to be really, really cool. So that's the most important part. And we'll speak about how we can get to that high team value just now. So you get there by focusing on not missing out on the correct cash cows and the value guys along the way. So you definitely don't win the comp in March, eh, Dragons? But uh, you know, missing out on, on the bullers of the world, even though most people prefer to go double gun strategy in the fullback position, it is a mistake because you know, it's a mistake you cannot make in head-to-head, -head, that's for sure. Even if he only made 250K instead of sort of the four to 500K that he made last year, uh, if, yeah, if you're not doing that, that's very, very hurtful for your side because 250K is a lot and there's not a, a hell of a lot of great cash cows each and every year. You have some guys that make good amount of money like him, like the Brass Cartwrights and, and Prestons, but there's plenty of other poor cash cows that we end up in our sides and anything around that 200 plus K mark is absolute gold. And you know, it's better to get that extra cash to the middle of the year especially like when you have buyers potentially you know, in your, you're going to have buyers in your head to head matchups there, having Buller in there making you the money and you don't have to worry about even if he had a bit of a lower score in one of those weeks, those three weeks there in the, in the major buyers, you're not even counting him as a score anyway. You're just getting his cash generation and that's what you're going to focus on during those rounds. So Judy, you're not, over tra uh, not trading anywhere near as much over the buy period and targeting a certain type of player. You can pick up that value 
Cashy, uh, who has sort of a, an unfavorable buy schedule that over, overall coaches would leave to the side. Guys like Randall last year, et cetera, can pop up across the season that you could jump on that overall, overall coaches didn't just because they were trying to conserve some trades. You can get those guys that end up with a cheeky roll through the middle of the season or the back end, um, you know, maybe the sort of that 18 to, to round 22 as that kind of final cash cow for you. They can score pretty well as well, and then you can move them to a top-tier gun. So it's definitely something to note. That cash generation might be sort of in, in round 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, you know, maybe they miss 13, but round 14 is another good one for them, and, and overall coaches avoid them. You can go for those guys. Number three, you're targeting keepers who have two out of their three buys in round 13, 16, and 19. So the three rounds that you have a buy in your head-to-head matchups, these are the type of players that you want to have in your side because they're going to be missing one buy elsewhere. If they're an origin type of player, they may get rested or have limited minutes in like around 14, 17, 20. That would be fine because you haven't got a keeper that misses sort of four or five games, including origin, across these periods. And really, if you can only miss one or two across all the games, that, all the rounds that you actually have a league matchup, then that's awesome compared to missing four or five across that time. So that's really, really important. So they only miss that smaller amount. Guys like Cleary and Huss fit this mold, especially as origin players, but obviously focusing on this for you know non-origin keepers as well to keep your best 17 on the park at all times in those rounds where you have a matchup. So yeah, Cleary and Huss have both have two buys in that round 13 to 19 period in, in one of those, in two of those three weeks, I should say, which is very, very helpful for you guys in making sure that your captains and, and you know, top players are going to be on the park. Number four, two to go, guys. Over, always have the goal of accumulating top-tier players actively. So you're actually looking at this each and every week and how can I get another top gun upside scorer in my side that can take a head-to-head matchup away from my opponent. So the overall strategy, we look to get to be getting great buy-round guns, whereas these guys, where you're just looking for the best person in the position. You need, you know, in the position you need slash the position you are lacking the most points and upside in at the time. And yeah, so they might be looking at a guy that's probably a tier below the top, top tier just because of the favorable buy schedule. Whereas you don't have to worry about that. You just look at getting the best player in your position that you could, you think that you can get the, the most points out of for the longest period of time in your head-to-head matchups and obviously can help you in your head-to-head finals as well. So and really, you want to be keeping keep chipping away uh, until you have multiple good options in each position at the end of the season to be able to win any type of matchup, whether it's uh, you know, a certain player has a really favorable matchup in that week and that team's kind of flying, and then the team, the other player that you've got, their team's starting to struggle a little bit. The opportunities might be a little bit lower. They still score decent, but they don't have that upside. You can pick and choose which one you want to play. And then the final one, guys, so check which teams have buys in round 23, 24, 25, and 26, which is the normal head-to-head finals time for you. And just keep an eye on it, an eye on it for sure. So really just be careful bringing in top-tier guns who have a buy during those weeks, unless there you've saved the trades to, either tr- to trade them out in those weeks, which would be my suggestion. Have a look at those guys. Make sure, it does just say it's round 14, and you're like, oh, they have a buy in round 25, which is my semi-final if I make it. Don't worry about that too much. It's still 12 or you know, 11 rounds away, whatever that is. And you want a good scores over that whole time. But if you actually keep trades in the bank, if it gets to that round 25, you have the ability to trade that player, use that cash to get another top tier gun 
at that time. So if you've wasted trades, you can't do it. If you haven't wasted trades, then you have that option, which I suggest is the best way to go about it. So having multiple trades per week in the final four rounds is an absolute non-negotiable. You need to have a minimum two trades per round for those final four to five rounds. So anywhere between eight and 10 rounds for that last couple is essential. That means in round 27, you probably don't have to worry about you know, having all those restings and, and you don't need to save trades for that final round unless you're looking to obviously win your head-to-heads but then still do well in overall and, and you know, you've got goals in that as well. And then maybe you keep an extra couple of trades for round 27 as well. But uh, uh, yeah, that's basically where we're at with the strategies here, guys. So have a, have a clear plan with what you're going to do with these guys, how you're going to save trades and uh, yeah, set yourselves up in a really good on a really good note to be able to have a absolutely cracking super coach season, whether you're playing overall head to head, trying to mix both together. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, and I really hope this was helpful for you guys in getting the best out of your super coach season, doing really well and having plenty of fun along the way. Hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you got a lot out of it and we'll see you in the next one.